The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box. Let's get into your headlines this Friday morning. Four tech titans on Wall Street adding over $200 billion to their combined value after hours with Apple's blowout quarter driving the stock to a record high on its best quarterly revenues in history. We expected iPad and Mac growth to accelerate, and we saw very strong double-digit growth for these devices this quarter. This remarkable performance came in spite of supply constraints on both products. Facebook posts its slowest ever sales growth, but soars past expectations as the social media giant maintains double-digit ad revenues despite a corporate boycott. Amazon logs its biggest ever quarterly profit boosted by lockdown demand, which prompted the e-commerce giant to hire over 175,000 new staff. And Alphabet sees sales fall for the first time in 16 years, but investors are cheered by an ad recovery for Google, which offsets weaker cloud performance. Uh, so let's, uh, before we get into these tech stories and talk about US GDP, let's focus on some news that's breaking this hour. BNP Paribas, the French bank, has just begun delivering earnings. The outlook unchanged from the business for 2020. They're looking at a 15 to 20% decrease in net group income, V's. 2019. The end of June common equity tier one ratio, uh, this is a measure of capital strength, stood at 12.4%, up 40 basis points from where they were 31st of March 2020. Net income attributable to shareholders 2.2 million, sorry, 2.2 billion. Uh, sorry, 2.29 million uh, down 6.8%. Let's get these numbers right. I think I need to get my eyes tested. Uh, second quarter cost of risk at 1.4 billion euros rose by 826 million euros compared to last year. The group says it's going to create 400 new positions on the European continent. The uh, group also uh, giving us uh, a line on uh, the Brexit story. Uh, BNP Paribas says as a result of Brexit, selling financial services from the UK to EU clients will not be allowed here. The uh, uh, group also uh, telling us um, second quarter revenues at uh, 11.6 billion euros up by Our colleague Charlotte spoke with the CFO Lars Machinal about the first half numbers. The top line is up, revenues are up 4%. And if we look at our main activities, retail activities, they kept up well despite the major impact of the lockdown on clients, on point of sales. And if you look at particularly in June, you see uh, the recovery taking hold. A recovery like, for example, the credit card levels back to the pre-COVID level, and so is loan demand. And then, given that we are diversified, there is CIB, and CIB is a platform that we have 
honed over the last couple of years and that has seen exceptional level of activities building on this strong platform. And so this basically building also on the continuous client presence and helping them in their role of raising capital for corporates, for sovereigns, and basically distributing that to investors. Uh, Lars Machinal there, and we'll bring you more from that interview with Lars after the break. So stay with us as we circle back to the earnings from BMP Paribas this morning. Um, Now, the headlines uh, were all dominated by the technology companies. So let's tell you a little bit more about exactly how these companies beat expectations. Shares in Apple hitting a fresh record high in extended trade. The group reported its best third quarter revenues on record. Sales increased by almost $60 billion despite operational disruptions and widespread store closures. Apple also announcing a four-for-one stock split in a bid to make shares more accessible. CFO uh, Luca Mestri uh, says he expects iPhone supplies to be delayed for uh, a few weeks next quarter, but the CEO Tim Cook touted the device's resilience amid the pandemic. iPhone revenue grew 2% this quarter. In April, we expected year-over-year performance to worsen but we saw better than expected demand in May and June. We attribute this increase in demand to several interactive causes, including a strong iPhone SE launch, continued economic stimulus, and potentially some benefit from shelter-in-place restrictions lifting around the world. Tim Cook. Well, Facebook shares popped in after hours trading after the social media giant easily beat expectations on the top and bottom line in the second quarter. Julia Borstein has the story. Facebook far surpassing expectations on revenue and earnings, growing revenue 11 percent to $18.7 billion, while earnings per share grew 98 percent from the year-ago quarter to $1.80. The social giant also growing daily and monthly active users far faster than expected, ending the quarter with 2.47 billion people using Facebook's apps daily. That's up 15 percent from the year-ago quarter. Now, in light of the Facebook ad boycott, there's a key focus this quarter on Facebook's guidance. The company is saying that revenue in the first three weeks of July grew 10% from that year ago period. Now that's in line with the second quarter growth rate. Facebook saying they expect that ad revenue growth to continue throughout the third quarter. Now that 10% advertising revenue growth exceeds expectations. Facebook saying that the outlook does reflect economic uncertainty, the expectation that the recent surge in engagement will normalize, the impact of that ad boycott, and headwinds from regulation minimizing ad targeting and measurement. Now, while Facebook's guidance might be higher without that boycott, This does show the impact of the boycott is not as great as many analysts expected. In the release, Mark Zuckerberg pointing to Facebook's relationship with small businesses, indicating how very important small businesses are, perhaps more important than the big businesses that are boycotting. Julie Borstin, CNBC Business News, Los Angeles. Well, shares in Amazon also rallied in extended trading. The tech giant posting a huge profit beat in the second quarter and double-digit revenue growth as the pandemic-fueled online shopping. Net profit topped $5.2 billion, five times higher than analysts had estimated, while revenues soared 40% to 
$1.9 billion. Amazon also announcing it will spend more than $2 billion next quarter on additional coronavirus-related measures amid criticism the company hasn't done enough to protect its workers. Alphabet reported its first revenue decline in its history but still beat expectations on Q2. CEO Sundar Pichai said there were signs of, quote, stabilisation after the Google parent company reported a plunge in ad sales in March. Revenue at Alphabet's cloud business missed expectations despite rising 43%. The internet search giant also announced a $28 billion share buyback program of its Class C shares. The uh, shares little changed in after-hours trading. Uh, Louise Dudley joins us, Global Equities Portfolio Manager at Federated Hermes. Louise, welcome to the programme this morning. Can I just kick off here with uh, Amazon? Um, Just give us your read then on how the market has taken these numbers and whether there is room for further upside on these stocks already at quite heady valuations. Yes, certainly. So coming in to this earnings season, for the rest of the market, expectations were quite conservative. We had seen um, a lot of the numbers slashed. That was the opposite for a lot of these tech numbers. The expectations were quite high. And actually, they've hit it out the park uh, across a lot of these numbers, and um, particularly on um, Amazon, where we see the ongoing profitability continuing to ramp up. Um, so actually, we've seen some of the strongest kind of gross profits um, ever coming from the company, and we expect that to continue um, through the next year as you know they continue to see the stimulus continuing to have an impact, as well as some of that rebound coming through. There is um, uh, with Amazon, I think, a couple of issues that uh, the market has some sensitivity to. One is to what extent the business has benefited from the working from home trend, uh, both on the uh, the retailing side and in its cloud business. Does that represent a cliff edge going forward? You suggest not, but there are those who think as we come out of the lockdown and we perhaps see a moderation of working from home trends, that perhaps we might see revenue lines begin to moderate in these two areas. What do you think? So I think actually we expect it to go on lower for longer in the same way we've seen with kind of interest rates and other these, some of these other areas, things don't rebound. We're not going back to where we were um, before the crisis. So in terms of some of that ongoing online spend, particularly the e-commerce areas, the business, that isn't something that's going to reverse. Yes, it might come down from some of the peaks that we're seeing um, at the moment. But um, as we're starting to see with some of the virus numbers as well, you know, that could be a lot longer um, experience than a lot of us are perhaps thinking about. The um, Google numbers, uh, I think, uh, particularly interesting when it comes to the impact of ad spending here. And we we also saw a little bit of that in Facebook. But let's focus on Google. Um, what do you think we'll see in terms of a pickup around ad spending going forward then in Google's ability to rebound in this part of its business? Yeah, so Google has a bit more um, kind of economic sensitivity through their ad spending, a lot more kind of of the hospitality, tourism, travel areas of their business. Those numbers not as strong as perhaps people expected. Um, and a lot of it will depend on the kind of virus trajectory from here. So that is a big uncertainty for them. 
And, and at the moment, you know, perhaps people are expecting it to be a bit stronger. Is there an argument for rotating between these stocks as we see perhaps uh, a vaccine and a pickup in overall economic activity? I mean, cl- clearly these these companies have done well in spite of that dreadful decline in GDP for the second quarter. And yet, as we come out the other end, you do begin to wonder whether it would be appropriate to rotate into more cyclical sectors. One of the things certainly that we see for these companies is that they've just become so big now um, and that even though their growth numbers are somewhat coming down to a certain extent, um, particularly over the longer term, just the size and the scale of their business means that their profitability is going to continue to be very strong. So at the moment, yes, there are are obviously cyclical areas of the market, but would you really want to be trading into banks right now when, you know, certainly that economic sensitivity is still very much there in the near term? The other uh, driver uh, over recent years for many of these technology companies, and in fact, a lot of U.S. stocks, has been the share buybacks. And some of that has some of that activity has been suspended, as we know, as uh, companies have been concerned about preserving capital. But when it comes to uh, a business like Google, what do you think the potential is here? A lot of these companies are throwing off a lot of cash right now. And I guess questions are being asked whether they distribute it back to shareholders. Yes, and that is a big question mark on whether we'll see that um, positioning changing from the business going forward um, would make a big difference. Um, at the same time, very conscious that, you know, as they are generating exceptional profits, what do they do with that money? And certainly we've seen from Amazon where they've... Oh, uh, I think we've lost uh, Louise Dudley's line there. Um, Louise, if you are listening and can hear us, thank you so much for being with us. I think we we had uh, a, a pretty good fist of it when it comes to getting most of your comments on the technology numbers out of Amazon and Google. We'll move on. Global Equities Portfolio Manager Louise Dudley at Federated Hermes. Uh, for more on the earnings from these four tech companies and to find out how much they added in market value in extended trade, we've got all the stories on CNBC. Still to come, uh, we are going to talk some more about the banking numbers out of BNP Paribas. Just to remind you here, uh, a net line uh, coming out of this business of 2.3 billion euros. That was uh, a better number, I think, than the market was expected. We'll hear some more from Lars Machinal, and he's in good company on the programme this morning. We will catch up with uh, NatWest Group, L'Oreal, Swiss Re, And, of course, uh, you can get all of these interviews and stories again on the CNBC.com website and, of course, our podcast. Ambition to me is about doing better. I think ambition creates a pathway. The best advice I can give someone starting off a career is don't have a career, have lots of careers, try loads of different things. Talk to people and put your ambition out there. I don't feel that I've hit peak ambition because it's a learning journey. CNBC is where ambition meets opportunity. What does living ambitiously mean to you? Hear it from our CNBC anchors, reporters and global business leaders on CNBC.com. 
Uh, welcome back, everybody. Let's focus on uh, some of the French earnings this morning. L'Oreal has seen a larger-than-expected 18% drop in second-quarter sales, the pandemic-forcing store closures. The French cosmetics group says revenues grew 30% in China, where lockdown measures were eased earlier. The company reporting second-quarter profit of 2.1 billion euros, just slightly down from 2.4 billion for the same period in 2019. We're going to catch up with the CEO, Jean-Paul Agon, that will uh, be on the company's earnings at 11.30 Central European time. Uh, let me have a dig in here to the um, uh, numbers coming out of uh, Air France KLM, if I can. Um, these uh, uh, numbers are on the website, but don't seem to have uh, broken on the wires yet. And I'm not having a great deal of success getting into the uh, uh, getting into the uh, the website either. Let's um, see if I can pull them up on the wires here. Uh, just talk amongst yourselves for a moment, uh, and we'll be back uh, in just a second if we can uh, get a few snaps out of Air France. You know what? Technology is not helping me this morning. Everything that I click on just doesn't seem to work. Uh, okay, um, performance strongly impacted by COVID-19 crisis. Significant liquidity available, though, to weather the crisis. Uh, this is the uh, release on the second quarter for 2020. Revenue in at 1.2 billion euros down uh, compared to uh, last year, operating results uh, a negative 1.5 billion euros. Uh, EBITDA loss minimalized to an average of 260 million euro per month compared to an initial estimate of 400 million euros, thanks to effective cash preservation and cost control measures, says the group. So that gives us a uh, net income line at negative 2.6 billion euros including an impairment on Airbus 380 and 340 aircraft, respectively of 520 million negative and 72 million euros negative. The uh, net debt to EBITDA ratio sitting at 4.8 times compared to 1.5 times at the end of 2019. Uh, and just to remind you, and uh, this uh, line from the uh, release here, the French and Dutch governments have provided financial packages with conditions attached to increase competitiveness and achieve sustainable objectives. Uh, at 30th of June 2020, Air France KLM Group has 14.2 billion euros of liquidity or credit lines at its disposal to weather the crisis and restructure its business. But in that report, a significant uh, 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 num uh, chunk of pain here uh, for the business at that negative net income number of 2.6 billion euros. So let's talk to uh, the banks. The 153% rise in FIC revenue, this is trading revenue and fixed income revenue, uh, has helped BNP beat second quarter income forecasts, prompting the French lender to maintain its outlook for 2020. Uh, let's get out to Charlotte here. So clearly, like all of the banks, they have benefited from this uptick in market activity. But what's the core banking business like when it comes to 
uh, consumer and business banking, Charlotte. Good morning, Jeff. Well, it was a strong set of results for BNP. It actually beat uh, expectations. Revenue up 4% to 11.6 billion euros. Uh, net profit at 2.3 billion euros. CT1 ratio uh, at 12.4%. So that's better than in Q1. In Q1, it was 12%. So they have increased that CT1 ratio. And as you said, CIB, the performance was led by the CIB numbers up 33%. And within this uh, FIC, up 150 54%. The mention in equities it was still negative, it was still down 53%. You remember that in the first quarter, the French banks had suffered particularly on the equities front uh, as uh, they specialized in uh, uh, equity derivatives and that hit them particularly hard in Q1. So they're gradually recovering on that front. But as you mentioned, FIC up 154%. Uh, they put some extra provisions as well. Uh, they had already put 500 million in the first quarter. In the second quarter, they, had, they added 329 million euros of extra provisions. They said that the lockdown uh, was slightly longer than expected uh, in the first quarter. The, the lockdown in April went a little bit longer than expected, hence putting some extra provisions in place. So I spoke to Lars Marchenil, the CFO of BNP Paribas, and we discussed about all these earnings. Take a listen. The top line is up, revenues are up 4%. And if we look at our main activities, retail activities, they kept up well, despite the major impact of the lockdown on clients, on point of sales. And if you look at particularly in June, you see uh, the recovery taking hold. A recovery like, for example, the credit card levels back to the pre-COVID level, and so is loan demand. And then, given that we are diversified, there is CIB, and CIB is a platform that we have honed over the last couple of years and that has seen exceptional level of activities building on this strong platform and so this basically building also on the continuous client presence and helping them in their role of raising capital for corporates for sovereigns and basically distributing that to investors so that's the activities and this pnp paribas we have been able to do so on the back of our financial stability Basically, if you look at the common equity tier one, it's further up 12.4%, and the available liquidity reserve is over 400 billion euros. So in this context, the net income of 2.3 billion is a, a witness of solid results, and the ROT of 8.7% is a tribute to that. Now, let me ask you about provisions, because that's something that, of course, the market is very much looking at at the moment. So you announced 329 million provisions for the second quarter. And that's on top of the 500 million that you announced in the first quarter. So let me ask you, do you see further provisions for the rest of the year or did you front load the, the provisions in the first half? Yeah, if you look at the IFRS rules, they basically uh, oblige you to have a forward looking view and reflect the cost of risk in this forward looking stance. And so in the first quarter, we took a forward-looking view on the impact of the pandemic. And we basically anticipated that the lockdown at that time, and this is the, the first quarter results, that the lockdown would end in April. And so we provisioned a forward-looking around that. What have we seen in the second quarter is that the lockdown lasted a bit longer. So instead of ending in April, it ended in May. And so basically that meant that the impact, the forward-looking impact of the effect is at that higher and that is why we provisioned this additional 300 million euros but again that impact 
has also led, on the other hand, and this is a tribute to our diversified approach, has led uh, our corporate and institutional banking to really step up it and use the platform to really serve the sovereign and the corporates in their needs. And that was last Marshall the CFO of BNP Paribas. But just a one final number to give you, the cost of risk has more than doubled um, in this quarter compared to last year at 1.4 billion euros compared to 621 last year. So here to show uh, the, the current and reflecting the current environment. Uh, but they are sticking to their guidance for the year. They had announced in the past, in the previous quarter, that uh, the current, the COVID crisis would shave about 15 to 20% of profit for 2020. They've reiterated this uh, in this number for the second quarter. So sticking to the outlook with uh, these uh, Q2 numbers that are better than expected. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show weekdays on CNBC.